0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the stories we're talking about inside the agency with our coworkers, our partners, and our clients. I'm Peter Ujicic, head of technology for Situation, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Jordan Person and Kevin McCauley. Hi guys. How are you doing? Hey, great. I have a question though, Peter. Does lovely
1: apply to me as well? <laughs> Of course it applies to I wasn't to sure because the way that the – okay, that's good. I, I, that's always treat,
0: I think lovely is a gender-neutral Agreed. soporific. I think it is a good – I think it's just good all around.
1: I wasn't worried about that so much as you said my lovely co-host Jordan and Kevin. Oh, no. <laughs> no,
0: it was totally meant to apply to both of you. Oh, okay. Thank Absolutely. You. I wouldn't leave you out like that, Kevin. Um, this is our end of the year. This is our 13th podcast. This is the last one we're going to drop for 2015 and uh, – Wow, I mean that flew by. What that's, a year it's been! What a year it's been, indeed, Jordan. I think you were on the very first episode. Yes, that's true. Talking
2: about the NBC Universal upfront.
0: That's right, and uh, you know we've we've made some tweaks and some changes to the format as we've gone along. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you guys listening. Uh, your great feedback, your great suggestions have really helped us to kind of uh, really, I think, find our group. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys agree. Uh, we can't wait to do even more podcasts in 2016. And and you know, this episode, we're we're just kind of kind of look back on some of the things that we've talked about, maybe give a couple of the updates and some stories that um, we've we've talked about in the first twelve episodes, and kind of look ahead to the future and um, hopefully uh, get excited for for what's to come. So. One of the things that uh, we talked about in, in an earlier episode was my plight with the folks at Zappos. Um, that was one of the first ones I think that we did as a, as a triad. So, so long story short, uh, Zappos sent out an email I think back in October or maybe November that said they were going to start sending an email every day to everybody on their list. I wrote into them and had a little exchange back and forth where I said I thought that was not the greatest idea. And uh, Zappos said they were sorry to see me go, they took me off the list. And then they sent me a coupon, which is great. Um, well, just about three weeks ago, I got an actual snail mail letter from them. Uh, apparently, a lot of people did the same thing that I did, and they, they basically apologized again. They sent me another coupon, and uh, and they you know because they couldn't email me, so they actually now had to you know send mail to everybody right. that they took off their list. So I can't imagine how much money that cost them between the discounts and the postage. <laughs> But I just thought that was a fun little uh, coda. You know, now they're my pen pal, I guess. Um, I don't, you know, I I think they they may be changing their policies so that people can actually be on their list and not have to get an email every day. But we'll see. We'll see what 2016 brings.
1: For those of you not in the room, I was sitting here with my hands over my face. (laughs) It's just a
0: fantastic story. Um, I did try
1: personally to email uh One person every day for a month to see how they would react, and uh, we are no longer speaking
2: <laughs> <laughs> They asked you to remove them from your list.
1: Yes, I did not include a a link to be removed from the list in my emails yet they mm-hmm. uh so they created one.
2: Have you been now snail mailing mailing them?
1: I can, but I've forgotten how to write pen to paper. So (laughs) I'm going to uh, some night classes for that.
0: Well, with with the holidays having just passed or about to pass, you know, I'm sure you guys got a bazillion marketing emails like I did. Do any of them work? Do you guys respond to any of the between Black Friday, Cyber Monday, pre-holiday? Like who, what are the brands that work that email strategy specifically, which ones work for you guys? Which ones actually convert? Any? Well,
2: it's funny because I can't say that this one converted in a sale, but it did convert in me engaging with them far more than I generally would from a kind of promotional email. And it was it's this... A website called FrameBridge, which people who listen to podcasts might be familiar with because I feel like they advertise on a bunch of podcasts I listen to. And it basically they allow you to either upload a photo or image that's special to you Uh, or mail one in, actually, and they will professionally frame it for you in a way that just looks really nice and doesn't cost as much as it does to take to, you know, your neighborhood framer. And so it's just, you know, in the holiday spirit, putting those people out of business.
0: And, um, And
2: they sent an email, actually, that said, you know, fill out this form on their website. Let us know who's still on your list that you haven't bought for. Let us know your relationship to them. And I think that some of the other questions were like, do you try, have you gone on a recent vacation with them? There was maybe one other question, like, do you have any inside jokes? And they sent back a real email from a real person that said, and they encouraged you to upload a photo or image and they sent back a real email with a recommendation on exactly how to frame it and other elements of kind of the gift. And I I did it. I I uploaded a a picture of me and my sisters and I said it was for one of my sisters and what, you know, and it was so great. And it was a picture from my wedding and they were like, Oh, your wedding looks beautiful. You know, it was just, it was felt so personal. And though I didn't, uh, I didn't, and I had already bought my sister a gift. This was just me kind of testing for for fun. But they are on my list. Um, hmm. I want to send someone a gift from that. And uh, you know, uh, I thought that was just really interesting—the fact that there—it's like that human touch. Yeah, that to me, that's what really made an impact. They didn't—they didn't
0: rely on an algorithm to write a form letter back. They actually hired someone to do that.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's that, very yeah. cool. I, one that always works on me, uh, and lately. Uh, i 've gotten for birthdays and, and holidays my my family and I are and they 've been around for years, but jib jab um, yes. the you know i there 's just something so wonderfully goofy about them uh and what they do in their emails, which is great if you upload people 's faces if you don 't know what jib jab is it 's kind of like an animated they do music videos and things like that, but you can kind of put faces of people you know into the people in the music videos they 're just goofy they're they 're cute um but when they send you an email, they take the faces that you've uploaded and customized into the videos and they just, they personalize the email. So I see pictures of my mom and pictures of my brother and pictures of my dog that is <laughs> come funny. through in the email. Yes. Uh, and they, they, this isn't something new, but it still works on me because yes. it's like, I recognize that and it makes me think, Oh yeah, for Christmas Eve, I'll do something. Yeah. But that's one that always, that always works. Kevin, what about you? Is there any email marketing that's specifically, Successful for Kevin McGolly.
1: No, I cannot be manipulated by email. I just can't. <laughs> no, uh, I peruse. I, I check and make sure if there's anything that stands out. But generally, I don't know. I haven't. Usually around the holidays, I kind of know what I'm looking for for people, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll look through my inbox just to see. Oh, maybe I got an email about this thing, um, and then I might use it if that's the case. But mm. generally, nothing has. Has hit me as hard as these two great examples, though. I really like that frame. What's the name of it again? Frame Bridge. Frame Bridge. I really like that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that does sound like a good one. Yeah, they
2: actually have this cool thing where you can upload uh, art that your child or someone special to you has drawn, and then they'll foil press it uh, like a metallic on a cool piece of paper. Now I'm just selling for Frame Bridge. Wow. They sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> no, uh, but it, it, it's, I it's it's cool. I'll stop talking about Framebridge.
1: (laughs) Framebridge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, one of the other things that we talked about uh, at an earlier podcast was YouTube Red, uh, which was YouTube's subscription video slash music service. And I think one of your pronouncements when we talked about it originally was that you were going to give it a shot and have that be your music platform of choice. Did that happen? Oh, right. It did. It did
1: happen. Really? Yes. I... Actually, in a uh, little bit of a twist of fate, I had I would never use Spotify. I always used RDO, which, as you might have heard, has now been uh, purchased by Pandora. I think they're going to move that in so that they're also in the uh, a la carte music listening, mm-hmm. not just the, the radio, curator Radio space. So they're partnering up there. But I went over to uh, Google Play, and I might not be the best example for this because, again, The YouTube part of this and the not seeing ads was really a secondary benefit for me. Uh, I used Google Play as my main uh, streaming service on my phone and on my computer for music. It was great. I found that there um, playlists were really awesome. I really enjoyed them and they had the music I was looking for when I wanted to stream it. And then it was just like a secondary benefit that when I went to YouTube, I don't see pre-roll ads anymore. Mm. The only downside to it is that now when I do get a pre-roll ad on a website or some kind,
0: You're uh, very I'm dramatic. very upset. You've, <laughs> I'm like, what lost, is this you've thing? lost your tolerance.
1: What, what are you? Go away. I do not want to watch you. But, um, yeah, so this is more of a, Endorsement for I guess Google Play being a really great streaming service, but it ties really well into YouTube. Right? It, it's uh, it's a double whammy that you don't get with any other streaming service out there right now
0: because it's tied into YouTube. So, I approve. Put a stamp on it. Well, good. Well, thank you for for letting us know. I I think it was a bold experiment. And do you think that that's going to be your music platform for 2016?
1: I do. You know, I really feel like I should try Spotify. A lot of people say that. Even though a lot of the services are very similar, Spotify is the best. Spotify is the best. And I really haven't given it a shot, so maybe I will just to see. But uh, I don't know. I'm really enjoying this no ads on you, on YouTube thing that comes along with it. So mm-hmm. until it fails me, I might stick with uh, Google Play. Well,
0: you know, it's funny. I, I I've been using Spotify probably for the last four or five months after kind of bouncing around between all of them. I was still – you know, I, I hadn't really made the leap to the streaming mu- music world. I was still using iTunes. I was still thinking about my music as stuff that I owned, and I, was, and I saw thought, felt the same way. I was like, "Let me just try Spotify." And what I really like about it is I can just get a song in my head, uh, and and I just want to hear it. And it, most of them are there, and then I, I will add it to a playlist or add it. To, and slowly over time, I think one of the things that was daunting for me is oh, do I have to convert my music or move my music? But you don't really need to do that. It's just kind of when it's there as a resource, then I can start to curate it and collect it and share it in and, and ways that are different. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, the the next step for me is thinking about how to kind of get, you know, change that into the, the, the music environment in my home and do kind of like the multi-zones. But uh, I think Sonos. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, you know, yeah. that's one of the ones I'm looking at.
2: Yeah, it's um, pretty great.
0: Do you have it? I don't
2: have it, but I uh, I have – I feel like more and more I'll show up to someone's apartment and they've got it so-nosed out. Yeah. You know, and it's it's pretty awesome. Well, D- Damien has it one in
0: his office. Yes. I think we got it for him we for did. a Christmas gift yeah. two years ago. Yeah. And uh, I know he uses it sometimes. It, it's – you know – it's a little interesting because I think format-wise, Sonos uses Wi-Fi. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Instead of Bluetooth. So I, I. But but the benefit of it is you you can have it in multiple zones and you use your phone to kind of control it and mm-hmm. send it into all different places. And I, I think that's you know as the Internet of Things and things like that really mature and kind of the Internet connected devices get better. Yeah, I think you're right, Jordan. I think more and more people are going to embrace them and. and 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 have those things that are just kind of expected when you go in. It's not, you know, it's not just asking somebody for their their Wi-Fi password when you go in, but it's like, oh, let me play for you on your system. What, what my music?
2: Right. Yeah. No. I. I. And 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 that is the thing that is slightly, I, I think, a barrier on Sonos is that you do have to use the Sonos app. Right. Which. Makes it kind of hard when, when that is kind of what's fun there. I can imagine there's been some nights I'm thinking at being at my in-laws and kind of sitting around in the night and, and, and everyone kind of playing DJ at a certain point. And when you're, when it is via Bluetooth and you are just kind of hooking into your own music system, that's easy. But yeah, if you have to download an app to then do that.
0: Yeah. It's funny when you talked about being at your in-laws, that reminded me of, uh, when I was at Thanksgiving this year up at my friend's house um, you know, there are lots of family. It was kind of a, kind of a progressive. There was multiple neighbors houses involved So there, there were oh, a lot fun. of people. It yeah. really was a lot of fun. And you know, as, as the conversation gets to dessert and people are just milling around um, I had sent my friends two of the Google cardboards that we had for our events here at the office. And I was like, Hey, did you guys ever get that to work with your phone? They were like, Oh no. And they actually ended up bringing them down. We, we, you know, fired it up. And man, was that a hit for a family gathering. I okay. tell you, there, there were people of every stripe and, and tech savvy from, from low to high who just, you know, they were like, what is that? What are you doing? And I was like, well, it's kind of, the way I described it. Is it's like a, it's like a view master, but you put your <laughs> phone in it and yeah. then everybody could kind of be like, oh, oh I yeah. understand that. I, and, and there's video. <laughs> and then, man, I tell you, uh, the number of people that said, oh, we should get that for Bobby for Christmas. or So I really, you know, in terms of what, what the New York Times has done with virtual reality, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sending them out to everybody since we first talked about it, what they're doing um, with live streaming the debates, which uh, I think I, I don't, you know, I, I have some pros and cons thoughts about how they've been done so far. Um, I think in, in 2016, it'll be great to see When uh, when people are actually filming for the medium rather than tacking it onto television. Mm -hmm. But I really, you know, given I think it's doing exactly what Google needs it to do, which is people are not being intimidated by it. They're like, oh, it's just the New York Times app or it's a Google app. And I just put my phone in. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then when they see it, they're like blown away. It helps if you had a few glasses of wine, too. That really, (laughs) I will say it is it, it, it will kill a good 45 minutes of awkward family time (laughs) well and i
2: think actually the last time that we had talked about vr we hadn't we weren't able to talk about what we were doing with school of rock and what really what school of rock was doing with kind of the the amazing vr experience that they created which if anyone who's listening hasn't experienced it please go find it it's awesome what what Andrew Lloyd Webber and the team there did, uh, it's, it's yeah, incredible. They,
0: they, they filmed a, basically a music video from the show, mm-hmm. but they did it in a school in, in Brooklyn or in Queens. I forget which. And they, they, they scripted it exactly to be done for 3d video, 360 video rather. And, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's one of the best pieces of content I've seen. And I think it really shows a lot of people what the potential for it is. You can either find it. So, if you go to the YouTube app on your phone, you look for School of Rock 360, you'll find it. Or if you go to schoolofrockmusical.com, I think there's a link there yes. too. So, but yeah, I think the more people can actually be creating content for that rather than just trying to make it an afterthought, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh,
1: speaking of that conversation we had about VR, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Peter, but you did promise us a 360 degree episode of the podcast. Yeah, the the shoot. <laughs> so it's I'm funny
0: so it's funny you say that because just yesterday I was looking at pricing for the cameras like what it would what it would take to get a camera they're still really expensive um you know most of the rigs that people do they either hook a bunch of GoPros together in a circle I found a couple from some manufacturers that are doing that, but they're still there's some like enterprise level video conferencing um that is you know they're in five thousand dollars plus at this point so Uh, you know, it's just, if anybody listening has one and they'd like to loan it to us, uh, or if I have some, a lot of downtime, maybe I'll cobble one together, but it will happen. I vow to you, Kevin, in 2016, we will do an episode of the podcast that's filmed in 360 video. You have my guarantee. I've never been vowed to before. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) It so proper. We will make it happen.
2: Oh, funny.
0: Oh, well, you know, I think one of the things that we want to do, uh, take a minute to just really thank everybody. Who listens to the podcast? Uh, we're going to go around the table and talk about things that we don't think people should miss. But um, just sincerely wanted to take this moment as we're thinking about the year ahead to really appreciate uh, Kevin. I really appreciate you and Jordan. I really appreciate both of you bringing your energy and your life and your ideas and your your brains to the podcast every week. It's so great. Um, we've got such great feedback from from our listeners. Uh, it's kind of addicting when you hear people come, you know, walk by your door and say, I just listened to this episode of the podcast and I really love this. So thank you guys.
2: Well, and thank you, Peter, for being our fearless leader and for curating these conversations. I mean, I think it is so exciting to be able to let people be a fly on the wall. There are so many awesome things that happen within the walls of the agency on a daily basis. So many interesting conversations. So thank you for bringing them to the people.
0: Well, it's it's been a great learning experience. It's my pleasure. I can't wait to do even more of them next year. Uh, maybe we'll get some guest stars, some Hollywood guest stars
2: Ooh, to fancy. appear.
0: I don't know, Kevin. Can you work on that? I'll work on impressions. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> now I think you need to do one <laughs> just to tell you.
1: I really like your
0: podcast. <laughs> what, wait that? a minute! Is is oh what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> No, I know who you're doing. It's 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 oh. on the tip of your tongue. It's on the tip of my tongue. I don't know. Oh yours. yours is better than mine. I don't know. Maybe you should do it. Well, I can't remember his name,
1: so clearly and, I can uh, That was our special guest, Christopher Walken. Right. Oh, of course. For Walken. Yeah. Wow, that was,
0: oh, I thought that was a given. Not- Maybe I shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that. All right, let's talk about things that we don't think people should miss. Jordan, why don't you kick it off?
2: Well, you kind of gave a preview of mine, which oh. was Jib Jab, because my sister sent me a video that killed me, uh, last weekend that she created on an app from that Home Depot put out there called Elf Yourself, uh, that I think has maybe been around for a while. I'm not even sure really, but it was, it was new to me and it killed me. It was so funny. So if anyone is looking for a fun way to kick off the holidays, uh, Download Home Depot's Elf Yourself and Elf Yourself and the people that you love and your pets and everybody else because it's you – will, you will laugh. You will enjoy it.
1: I just want to verify that you're telling all of our listeners to go Elf themselves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's true.
0: <laughs> Kevin, what about you? You have two this week. I, I have a couple
1: things. Let, it, um, let, us, let us know what they are. The first one is Ample Hills Creamery, which is this great small uh, ice cream shop. Out of Brooklyn, I think they currently have two locations, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see them around New York in the parks with carts and things like that. They uh, have the exclusive limited edition Star Wars ice cream, as you probably know. Star Wars The Force Awakens is uh, coming out. It's going to be a big Is is that a
0: movie? I I think it'll have been been out by the time people hear this.
1: That's true, yes. It is a movie that uh, is a small indie film that you might have heard of, Uh, but they got the this small shop in Brooklyn got the exclusive right to do the limited edition Star Wars ice cream. They're shipping it out of their website, amplehills.com. Um, and it's just a great marketing story, too. If you get a chance, look it up, Google it, Ample Hills and Star Wars. Uh, it's a great little story about how this came about. Um, and my second thing... That's cool. That's wait, cool. before you yeah. move on to your show, oh, okay, sure. so what, what are the flavors? Are they, like, inspired by characters? How do,
0: how do they There's do
1: two flavors that they made. There's the light side... And the dark side. <laughs> and they each have different – The when they created the ice cream, they really wanted them to tell a little of, of a story. So when you look up and you see what the ingredients are, you'll see that like the light side of course, has some pieces of chocolate in it to show that there's always some darkness in the light side and vice mm-hmm. versa. Ooh. They do the same thing on the dark side. It's very cool. And yeah, it's just a great story about how this uh, you know small shop got this huge deal to do Love this. It. And it's, very, it's a limited edition. Underdog. They're doing it until it sells out and then – they will done. be no
0: more, so check it out. Okay, what's your, what's your second Oh, and my second
1: thing is if you're looking I, – I suppose people might not be looking for the Yule Log so much um, by the time this goes out. But if you are someone who enjoys a good old Yule Log session uh, – who, who doesn't? Who does <laughs> um, There's a new one out uh, with Nick Offerman of Parks and Rec fame and other things around on the world of video. Um, where in addition to the U log, the burning logs, you also get Nick Offerman sitting in a chair with a glass of whiskey and he just sits there with you and keeps you company in silence. It is That's weird awesome. and awkward and fantastic, and it was the best Ulog experience I can easily say of my life.
0: And and comparing against uh, how many Log experiences?
1: Have you I done? mean, I countless count many, many countless. Even in the summer, sometimes just throwing on the Ulog
0: <laughs> by the pool. It's just on your DVR all year long. Yeah,
1: breaking out the iPad, playing the Ulog.
0: Well, uh, you're you know that I love Nick Offerman, and, and your second recommendation. Actually, I'm going to change my thing not to mix because he he wrote a book recently called Gumption, uh, mm-hmm. and it's about – I this is going to be my thing not to miss. I think anybody who's looking for a book to read over the holidays or for a book club for the new year, uh, it's it's him going out and interviewing people. Uh, a lot of times interviewing, sometimes he's just telling stories about people who who aren't alive any longer, but, but kind of real people who made America great, people who had gumption. It could be historical figures. It could be actresses. It could be writers. It could be inventors. And his take – it's basically – You know, his pitch for this book is I want to talk about all the people that have had an impact in me or who excited me or who kind of went against the grain a little bit to do something amazing. And just the constant theme through it is uh, very much in line with what we try to to do here at the agency. It's about having experiences. Uh, He says, yeah, it's so easy. You can just sit down and binge watch the latest thing on whatever. Uh, but you know, what, what else could you be doing during that time? And I think there's a place for that in our lives, but there's also a place for, you know, really getting out and shaking things up and having experiences and telling the people you love that you love them. And, and, uh, it's just really, really well-written and it's hysterical. Uh, if you're a fan of Parks and Rec, if you're a fan of comedy, um, if you're a fan of Yule Logs, I think <laughs> you should check out Nick Offerman's book, Gumption. Um, it's, it's well worth the read or even listen to it on Audible because he reads it and it's hysterical. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this year. Uh, we really couldn't have done this without our, our wonderful listeners. Please send us any feedback, ideas, thoughts, comments to podcast at situation.nyc. Uh, before we cut out, uh, we dropped an album this year at Situation. Uh, It was a a project that was many years in the making, but it featured a lot of current and former employees who made some great music, and we wanted to go out on a track from the album that was actually created by Damien Bazadana, founder of Situation, called The Electro Garage. So here for your listening pleasure uh, for the end of 2015 is Damien and The Electro Garage. We can't wait to see you guys again next year. Take care.